This is Healthcare Now Radio's Trending Now. I'm your host, Jared Johnson. Join me and my guests as we discuss the latest trends that are in the news or getting social media traction in the universe of healthcare and health IT. It's a fast-paced 30 minutes, folks, so sit back and listen as we kick off the show with what's on trend now. Today, I'm speaking with Josh Soule, Managing Director of Digital Health at FTI Consulting's Health Solutions Practice. Josh, welcome to Trending Now. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is awesome. It was fun to run into you in the hallways at Vive, and that's going to be what we talk about with our Trending Now segment. But let's back up really quick and give our listeners a little bit of chance to know you a little bit better. Tell us, who is Josh? So what would you like our listeners to know about you and your background? Yeah, that's a heck of a question to start with. So, yeah, you know, I'm a managing director at FCI Consulting that focuses in on digital health strategies for our clients. Formerly, I was at Houston Methodist for 12 years before coming into the consulting arena. Before that, I was out in Northern California at a community hospital called Valley Care, which was just purchased by Stanford Hospital recently, in the last five to seven years. Overall, my focus has been on creating a partnership between clinical and business operations and information technology. That's kind of in my mantra and the hope and goal that we do when we do information technology. While I was at Houston Methodist, I was able to partner with some really key leaders in the organization to build out the Center for Innovation, as well as an innovation laboratory on one of our hospital floors where clinicians and administrators could come up and really trial out technology, you know, like what's better, a PowerPoint presentation or actually putting it into somebody's hands to say, this is what can work. So I think that's really a part of my background, you know, just a little bit of personal uh, note on me. I've got three kids, two of them are twins at 13. The other son is a uh, nine-year-old boy starting to be about 21 at this point. And then I've got a beautiful wife named Laura, who's been one of my number one supporters going in through uh, my career. That's outstanding. And it's also a reminder of the balance that we constantly seek in our lives of doing what we need to do with work and then remembering why we're doing it. So uh, I love bringing that part into this. Along the way, I know you've learned a lot career-wise. I wonder if you could just share with our listeners one of those good pieces of career advice you've received, something that's stuck with you along the way. Yeah, gosh, I, I mean, I've received so much and I have some great mentors. I think what solidified my path in this kind of mission towards making healthcare easier through technology, I, I'm not a I'm not a physician by any stretch of the imagination. That is a special craft. I'm not a nurse. That takes a special calling. But I do believe that IT serves as part of the care team. And what really solidified that for me was during COVID. My uh, my father actually passed from COVID and uh, you couldn't go into his room. And I was out in, in Idaho, actually, and was working to get a service done, a prayer that went across the world. Because you couldn't bring people in. There were no funerals. You couldn't bring people into that room. Hell, I couldn't even go into the room. And so uh, at Houston Methodist, we've been practicing with digital tech where you could actually bring the family member into the room via an iPad and and have those types of communications with loved ones. And it, it was awful, but it was important that technology drove that type of interaction at the time. And so we see this kind of bolus of information coming at patients and and clinicians and, and technology should be simple and it should illuminate information. And in my case, what I was able to do was pull together this iPad and put a prayer together for my dad before he passed. And that was super important because we have people in Israel, in California, New York, everywhere across the world coming onto this iPad to help say a prayer for my father before he, he died. That solidified the mission for to create a strong patient experience. And technology right now is at the fingertips of so many people. That drives my passion forward. You asked me about advice from mentors. So I digress. 
it was really around be yourself, pace yourself, and know your limitations. And I think that's really important to know what you can do. And if you do it well, do it. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Seek out guidance where it's necessary because there are leaders in this, in your organization and in the industry that have been there before, and they can help drive you forward to a successful implementation, a successful initiative, and help drive adoption. You know what? What struck me when you said that is one of the benefits of having someone with wisdom in the industry to lean on to ask those questions is that a lot of times they'll see the pattern. They may not have spent 20 years with this exact same thing. It might not have been learning like generative AI or whatever, right? Like whatever the newest thing is that we all have to learn now and is kind of transforming the business or whatever, or the experience. They may not have, like nobody might have a lot of experience in that one particular thing, but they've learned the pattern of how to use it, how to learn it, research it, experiment with it, implement it to your point. And that pattern recognition is priceless because then you don't have to be as anxious about whatever the technology is or whatever yeah the the transformation that needs to happen because you're still using those same skills or or those same observations to succeed and to kind of pave your way along as you're going and yeah I, I love that that thought I mean also to not really stress your own inadequacy in something, but to see the value that you bring wherever that is, at whatever level it is, and to recognize that no one's doing it perfectly. So, you know, like don't learn from our, learn as we go, I guess, learn from mistakes, learn as you go, but then also take the time to put everything in perspective. Really, really great pieces of advice there. No doubt those things have served you well along the way. And uh, I'm excited to, to just think about that and put that more into practice myself. So thank you for sharing. One of the first things we want to talk about today is our trending topic, which we're recording this right after Vive, the second annual Vive conference just wrapped up in Nashville. And I'm wondering if there were any themes and observations that stuck out to you, either things that as you observed and walked the exhibit all floor, ran into people, were networking, the things, the sights and the sounds. What did you kind of take away from? Because I know if I ask this question, like the day that the conference was wrapping up, your, your answer might be different. So we've had enough time for it to settle, to get back into the routine. And now I'm, what's still sticking with you after a couple of weeks? Yeah, great question. So I thought, I thought first and foremost, five was, it was a great conference. It was excellent to be seeing people in person. And you could walk down the exhibit floor and run into somebody, have a five-minute conversation with somebody you probably only talked with virtually or you saw on LinkedIn and you got to shake their hand and meet them. I thought that was great. It was refreshing coming out of the pandemic. So uh, I was really enthusiastic about that. I felt like ChatGPT was the most mysterious, awesome, intriguing, and nerve-wracking topics of discussion throughout the conference. Like, what does this mean? What are we doing? It's got a super easy user interface. Is it going to be leveled? Uh, is it going to be good with healthcare and patient data, etc.? I mean, those were conversations happening over and over again. And in fact, following the conference, we saw more asks to our firm about ChatGPT and what that looks like in the future. I found it to be fascinating. We saw workforce management being another topic that is facing a lot of organizations and in allowing individuals to work to the top of their skill set and figuring out how monotonous work can get done by automation. So doing more with less and figuring out how we can accomplish that. You know, I saw I saw consumer-centric philosophies are still important. They really are. I don't think that'll ever go away. I think we have well, healthcare made a big leap and bound in technology and 
and experience through the pandemic because we had to. Consumer-centric topics are going to be constant, especially as new entrants come into the market. And they focus on consumer-centric methodologies. Healthcare needs to think about that in the same vein. I also saw a shift from widgets to platforms. So as you see kind of big integrated EMR systems moving forward after meaningful use and folks were kind of buying up those integrated solutions and moving away from the best of breed, those widget type EMRs and connections, see the same thing happening in kind of the patient access arena where the widgets and the the best of breed are, are still there. And they're going to fit into the niches that they fit into, but in a broader picture. And so the platform approach is going to be really important going into the future with uh, patient access. And finally, a lot of budget discussion, a lot of prioritization discussion, what's important to the organization and what's driving either access, what's solving for call center issues. And then again, coming back to that do more with less, that's what that resonated quite a bit throughout my conversations at Vive. Yeah, you know, I have a feeling that won't be the last we hear out of any of those topics, especially on the chat GPT side. What I saw is just anything referring to generative AI at all, conversational AI included. There was a sense of mystery to your to your point, a little bit of wonder and, oh, this is maybe topic-wise something that we've heard for a long time and yet it was so different. It was ratcheted up 10 levels and because clearly the world is changing right in front of us. And I think clinical and non-clinical, including administrative functions, everyone's asking. And it's been a long time since there's been a revolution in tech, in my mind, where everyone on both sides, like on the clinical side and the administrative slash business slash non-clinical side are all asking about the same thing. It's been a long time. And that to me is very interesting. The workforce issue was interesting to me. The home health sector I saw growing. It's being taken seriously more. It's at least being considered as more of a consumer experience effort or initiative. I did hear about consumer transformation and consumer initiatives. And I did think it was interesting because I think from what I observed, this isn't a bad thing, right? I I, I do think it took a back seat to other things. And to your point, I think it's going to be around for a long time. And so people aren't saying that that's less important, but there are some other major fires burning right now. There is workforce, to your point. There are financial challenges everywhere. There's just morale. There's new competition. There's disruption happening business-wise. And so this really is a good time. My takeaway was that it's a, it's a good time to kind of put in the work and coalesce as an industry and talk about what are we talking about as far as consumer transformation goes. It's very similar to the conversation, in my mind, we had as an industry about digital transformation, kind of like in the late 2000s, early you know. 2010s, you know, 10 to 12 years ago, we were saying, hey, we're hearing these big words. Sounds like a lot of work. What does that mean? Let's let's have those conversations. So yeah, I thought those were all interesting too. I think people are bringing it back to the basics. Tactical and tangible work because they have to make an impact now. And whether that's through their patient access, their clinical efficiencies, physician burnout, social determinants of health for value-based care, or they're looking at health equity, they've got to make tactical improvements now so that they can do more with less. And, and that's, and that's what, I, what I saw, that, that tangible strategy to move forward was really important. Yeah, I agree. I'm curious your, your point of view on a couple of other things there. One was just the 
the overall direction. I feel like the health tech sector is welcoming Vive with open arms. I mean, it's only its second year and the official attendance was about 7,600. That's substantially higher than it was last year. It was still vendor heavy. There was one report, again, this wasn't, this was unofficial, but one person looked at apparently about a thousand attendees on the list and calculated about a 13 to one vendor to CIO ratio. But at the same time, that doesn't seem like a bad thing either because the opportunities for partnerships were happening all over the place, literally, physically, all over the entire conference space, the conference floor, the exhibit hall. It was set up so that it wasn't just like a who can be marketing better than someone else. There were all the the meetups, the areas for venture funds to be talking with with founders, and the like like to your point, the layout of everything, having a lot of the sessions there, not having to leave the main exhibit hall, it was very calculated. And I thought that that just stood for a lot of synergy and and partnerships that are happening to the point that you were just making about platforms, that some of it was happening right before our eyes, where some point solutions were possibly talking about, you know, how do we make this into a platform? I just thought that like there was an energy coming from that. So I mean the word did you see that? What was your observation just about like the the difference of between vendors and, and others who were in attendance. Well, I agree with you. It did feel like a 13 to 1 ratio. I do agree with that. I'd love the, it was like an indoor festival type approach where all the speakers and you know, compared to a festival, the concerts are on the outskirts and then there's a big group in the middle, people talking, and, and but people could bounce around to each kind of stage and, and get a different perspective. I liked how they sectioned off you know, certain areas where you had your venture side and your PE side, and then you had your you know, the, the, uh, the buyer side where you could do the speed dating of different vendors to the buyers. I thought you know, maybe they could have put that in the center and created a lot of action in the center of the arena versus on the outskirts because it was at times hard to hear. You know, as people were talking in the corners at the on the different stages, tough to hear between that and the rumble of the massive amounts of discussions happening in those different areas. But all in all, there were I found it to be very collaborative. I know I new to the consulting side, we're finding ways to partner with different groups, learning more about different technologies and ways that I didn't consider it when I was on the provider side at Houston Methodist. I'm now I'm looking at it in another way. How do we provide value to the client as a unit, as a group, as a collaboration, and move that forward to do what could be best value for organizations that look to use our services, which is a total mindset differentiation from where I was a year ago to where I am now. Oh, believe me, I feel that I wouldn't say that pain. It's just it's a different it's a different perspective completely to be sitting on the other side of that table. The my last observation just had to do with all the brands that were there. I mean, seeing hundreds of vendors regardless of, you know, how well the exhibit hall space was was laid out. It still just reminded me how difficult it is for a health tech brand to be to become relevant and differentiate itself. If you just walked the halls and you weren't listening, you weren't looking at like which brands were saying it. You just heard what was being said. A lot of the similar conversations were happening. Uh, they were happening in parallel on this aisle versus this aisle, and they weren't necessarily being differentiated a whole lot. And to tell you the truth, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. The fact is, these are all brands that have this complex story to tell to buyers who have a lot of complex problems that need to be solved. So this just takes an ongoing effort 
to find relevance and to build trust and to recognize that you have to tell this story consistently. So from like a branding and marketing standpoint, it was just a good reminder to me of like the sheer scale of what's happening in the industry. And overall, I can take a step back and say, it's really cool to see the advances that are happening. Like this, that's one of the the things I always get, especially from a health tech or health IT conference, is just an energy from all the efforts that's, that are being put into improving healthcare. And at the same time, that was just like a good recognition of, yeah, like it is not easy to to build a brand in this era without a lot of a lot of work put into it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the amount of work is is incredible. I this industry is very close knit. It's in and the work and effort and passion to make healthcare better for patients and clinicians is real. You can you can really feel it. I always tell people, you know, I didn't get into health IT to be just a ticket taker and an upgrader. You know, I got in to really make a, a difference. And I think you can feel that energy as you go through these different vendors, these different startups. The startup group was amazing. I mean, all the things they're coming up with was was fascinating. Tricky part is how do you maneuver that into a healthcare space where they're going to see value and move it into a scaled project. I think those are some of the challenges of the startup space, but man, they're doing some really good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you're just now tuning in, I'm Jared Johnson, and you're listening to Trending Now on Healthcare Now Radio. I'm speaking with Josh Soule from FTI Consulting about Vive, and let's get right back into it. I'll tell you what, Josh, I think what I'd love to hear about is a theme which is demystifying digital health. I love this phrase, but I'd love to hear what you mean by that phrase and why you think it's important for digital and, and IT leaders just to think of it that way, demystifying digital health. Yeah, I think it's um, it's important to demystify what digital health is because if I were to ask someone what their favorite pizza was, I get 10 different answers. And that's kind of the same thing with digital health. It means something different to each person you ask, depending on their background, where they came from, who they're working with, who they're working for, and what experiences they've had. And so demystifying it is is really around understanding that we are creating digital touch points for people. And technology should serve as an underpinning to make business or clinical operations more efficient. It should be something that is helpful and supportive to the end user, to the patient, to the customer. But we oftentimes are trying to overcomplicate it. And really, it's not always technology that's going to solve the issue. And I think it's important, even as an IT guy, because I'm a tech guy, right? I don't always believe that it's technology to solve something or a new widget. There's been a tremendous amount of investment in technology at organizations. You know, we're talking about between four to five to six percent of expenses on the bottom line for a lot of healthcare organizations. And there's, so there's been a lot of investment there. How do you maximize that investment? How do you rationalize that investment and do more with less? And it takes a tactical, tangible plan. Um, I've sat through you know innovation discussions where you know you're putting stick em notes on the wall, and those stick em notes turn into a roadmap that becomes very hard to deliver on without partnerships and leadership and change management. And so what we found is through tangible, tactical, strategic planning taking the time and interviewing stakeholders and business leaders and understanding what's driving the organization, we as IT innovators, digital health innovators, should be able to plan a strategy that supports the underpinning of those successful engagements. I was working with a company and they had a great line that was all around creating a digital continuum of successful touch points. 
And I found that to be a really interesting take on kind of digital health. We are creating touch points for people to use technology to better their lives. Much like your cell phone, while it's often a burden and you're always on it, you're still using it because it's easy, it's intuitive, and it's with you. So demystifying it to me is really around creating something tangible, but knowing who you serve and then creating those steps and those progressions to take a pilot and scale it across the institution with a tactical methodology and ultimately tying it to success. Yeah, I can see that happening a lot, especially the part where if you start adding up all the point solutions or all of the business problems even that a lot of leaders in these roles are tasked with solving or addressing or improving, that list is ridiculously long. And there's no way for for those who are in the trenches every day fighting fires to be as strategic as they need on their own. To your point about having somebody there to partner and, and navigate them through and help them get to a better place more quickly, to me that's a, a key to for large institutions to take action on their digital health strategies. I can only imagine how how challenging that is with these most recent transformative uh, transformations really that are happening truly with the technologies that are available now. What other tips do you have to get to implementation more quickly, especially in a large institution? In my mind, you know, it's really tying into business drivers. You've got to set your portfolio of, of efforts in a digital innovation department to what the business drivers are. Otherwise, it's going to be hard to get adoption. So you've really got to tie in your portfolio to that work effort and prioritize it. What I would say from the top down on what is it going to help support your patients? Always put your patients in the center of the decisions that you make. And I often hear that, but really make a point to make that a true mantra versus just saying it, putting the patients in the center, but also putting the users of your technology into the decision-making process. I do think pilots can work. I know there are naysayers in the industry around pilots, and I've talked with vendors around how their pilots, you know, they work and then they don't scale out. And it's, I do think pilots can work, but there's a discipline to pilots that I think are really important. Know your pilot, know your KPI, know your definition of success, and stay true to a succeed fast, fail fast methodology. Honor that. Failure is not a bad thing. Write your contracts to highlight success and to have an out in case it does fail. For organizations like that, you've got to have an out. You don't want to be locked into vendors that aren't showing success in your organization. You want to make sure you write your contracts in the appropriate way so that you do have that out. But the discipline to stay true to a succeed fast, fail fast mentality will be a game changer. It is a hard thing to do, but it is some really sound advice that we used in my past life and that we bring forward into my consulting world because that mindset will help them move through technologies because that discipline of success will then tie into how they decide to scale out that technology to impact the entire organization. And through partnerships, that helps to build the coalition and the change culture that's necessary to move that forward. I love that. And you know what? You just mentioned your past life. I wonder if I could dive into that for a moment. I've been meaning to ask you about this. You mentioned 12 years at Houston Methodist, right? When you think about like the skills and insights that you learned there, and I know you had some successes there, quite a few. What have you brought from your time there that you feel has helped you in your current role? 
It's a it's a great question, and I was a, as you mentioned at Houston Methodist for twelve years, and it was an amazing place. And the leadership and opportunities that were given to me to help to expand uh, innovation and to support their physician organization and ambulatory technologies, the team was fantastic. You should see the spreadsheet that I built trying to make the decision whether or not to stay or go into consulting. It was a very hard decision to make, and and um, those who know me well know what uh, a hard decision it was. Moving into consulting was an opportunity. I had a mentor. I didn't mention it in the first question, but it was it said go to grow, and there was an opportunity for me to see a different side of healthcare, to see more of healthcare than just Houston Methodist, and to see how others do it. What I've taken from Houston Methodist was right around the you know this tangible process. It's important to have step-by-step methods to be able to drive to success and then to promote your success. It's important to promote it because that creates this flywheel of constant or continuous successes. And then success seems to grow on their own. And you can see that in Houston Methodist reputation for innovation, their reputation in the market. You can see how they use that methodology of continuous trial and continuous successes to grow their innovation group, and therefore they're scaling into whole new realms of redesigning healthcare. Moving that into the consulting world for me is how do we create a tangible approach for our clients to be able to begin to feel those successes and what do those strategies look like? Tangible process, I keep mentioning, successful pilots, defining KPIs, finding the ROI, the return on investment for the technologies you're looking to institute but also knowing that it's not always technology. And I feel like we're moving that into consulting, I've been able to bring lessons learned. I've sat on the other side where vendors pitched. I've sat on the other side where consultants pitched. I've also had lessons learned on the consulting side. You know, be, my, be yourself. I you know, was definitely in awe of moving over into this consulting world, but the, the power of what we can do and the reach that we have is really inspiring to me. And uh, while the move was hard, I'm really happy I did make the move. Well, it's great to hear that. I know there are so many options and opportunities now, and they're changing and scaling by the minute. So it's great to hear just from both sides of that equation. I, I imagine you know the amount of consideration you gave both options there. I'm thinking of the spreadsheet. I think that's that's fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, Josh. I'll give you a final word here. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that we haven't addressed yet, either related to any of the topics we've talked about yet, or something else? Yeah, I think you know. I'll leave um, first and foremost. Thank you for having me on on your show. This has been really really fun. I think the thing I would want to leave with is in healthcare. There are a tremendous amount of opportunities to improve experience for our, our users of uh, those digital solutions. Don't be afraid to dream and think of the art of the possible and what's out there. Look at ways to partner with your business colleagues. If you're in the IT department or innovation department, they have a tremendous amount of opportunity and they're looking for support. Be that support. Be the underpinning that's going to support your clinicians, your physicians, and the leaders in the organizations. That's that's really what we're there for. We are part of the care team. And you, I, leaving this show, want you to feel like that because it's important that you do and take ownership in that. In that. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for today. 
I want to thank my guest, Josh Soule, for joining me. To learn more about FTI, you can visit fticonsulting.com and, and look for the digital health page. You can learn more about today's show on our program page on healthcarenowradio.com. And make sure you follow the show's hashtag, TrendingNowHC, and follow me on Twitter at Jared Piano. Until next time, if it's happening in healthcare and it's now, it's on Trending Now. 